This is Feywatch. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hey. I'm Rachel. For those of you just tuning in, I'm joined as ever by the gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous Italian American woman, <laughs> Dina. Just luring me in with compliments. <laughs> And I'm also joined by the devastatingly handsome, wow, bespeckled young man. Wait, no, bespectacled. Bespeckled oh. is like I have like the pox freckles. or something. No, I mean you don't no. have freckles, but I think bespectacled young man who is quite a pedant, as we have seen <laughs> and shall see. What the fuck is Will. a pedant? Someone who corrects people. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, and they're here, and we're here, and I'm here, and we're here to really get into the meat of this sandwich. We have a lot of sort of plots a thickening. I'm going to turn it over to Will, our lovely Will. Whose muscles Please. like look great in that muscle tank don't you think he loves a muscle tank yeah wow he loves to he loves to show off those guns only to you two <laughs> <laughs> we're headed to purgatory that's where we're starting we're starting in purgatory so a recap for those of you who have forgotten there's like a lost child there's like a we lost yield child mm-hmm. who some people want because he's a rechargeable battery and that's he's powerful for that reason and some people want or because he's he just is. a yeah, he's just like a hungry teenage boy, and he needs protection. And probably so much food. Teenage boys eat so much. Right. He's yeah. probably so hungry. Especially if he's like converting all this energy, which he may or may not be doing. Anyway, so Emil, this little French kid, is lost. And for some reason, I honestly can't remember at this point, Hunt and Bryce are of the opinion he might be um, like hiding in the bone quarter amongst the spirits and the dead and the underking. Okay, except let us not forget that I'm pretty sure, and I will issue a note of apology if this is wrong, I'm pretty sure Bryce has already found him and he's like hanging out with the Viper Queen this whole time. Huh. Oh, interesting. So why why did she go to the... Because she wanted... Because the Reapers came and attacked Rune. Hmm. And so they're like, what, why did you do that? So let's go get some answers. But also, I guess she has to put up this front that they're still looking for a meal to keep him safe. Unclear. Okay. Well, so they do, they procure two tickets, basically, to the Bone Quarter from Jessica. <laughs> to Magic Mountain, like, the Bone Quarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and on their way, Baxian, who's like, he's not a bad guy, but like, is he a bad guy? But he's not a bad guy. He is just he wants friends. Or does he just want to be friends? Yeah. Yeah. He's either spying or he wants to be friends. And he sort of pops up as they're waiting for their little fairy to the bone corner. He's like, What are you doing? And they're like, Don't worry about it. It's my day off. Like, I can do whatever I want. Like, Not at all suspicious. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, they sort of get rid of him and they're talking to themselves and they're like, Huh, was that like really suspicious of us? No, like it definitely <laughs> wasn't suspicious at all. De- like you were attacked by reapers, it totally makes sense that you would just go to the land of death and which, kind of by seek the way, answers. like real points against working with your paramour on like super secret rebel shit. Because if 
Bryce is like, was that, was that suspicious? Like, did I do a good job? Like, obviously Hunt's going to be like, no, no, no. Like you were perfect, babe. Like that was <laughs> yeah. so good. Like you not suspicious at all. Like you did such a good job. <laughs> like, like, honey, you're like so hot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I actually wasn't listening. I was just looking at your boobs, but yeah. I think you did a great job. <laughs> it's like, no uh, wonder I keep ending up in shit. I think, yeah, as we'll find out over the next several chapters, operational security is, I would say, not a priority. No, and- not big on OPSEC over here. They're making phone calls all the time yeah anyway so they they like get in the little boat they go over to and mind you this is not like a normal quarter of crescent city obviously like people do not generally i get the impression go see the under king right but they go anyway they're like we don't really see a meal i guess we should call the under king so they call the under king He's 10 feet tall. He's, you know, Grim Reaper, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Pretty ugly. Although he does have, like, a lot of, like, a crown and jewels on. So he's, like, mm. ugly and, like, it's, like, his, like, flesh has been, like, rotting from the inside out. But, like, also cool outfit, I guess. Like, a well, long robes, right? We were previously told the Under King is the name, but that they encompass all genders. And they yes. go by, like, it. <laughs> in the book yeah which is like i guess they're like an otherworldly demon creature or something i don't know right anyway they kind of go back and forth like they really want to know about the reapers and if the underking sent any of the reapers to go attack rune and bryce the underking starts kind of giving them a lot of information first of all he's like emil isn't here don't even look he's not here i swear by kathona he's not here mm-hmm. then he says look Reapers, honestly, a lot of people have Reapers. Like, you thought I was the only one that had Reapers, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like, they're pretty common. Like, first of all, they can go wherever they want. We just, like, tell you little lies that they have to stay here so yeah. you feel better. But every little dead fiefdom lord or lady has Reapers, and they're from hell originally, so the princes of hell probably have Reapers, too. Right. So, wasn't me, but, like, not that helpful. Yeah, Reapers could be anybody's. Yeah, and then we get, like, my favorite part of this whole section, which kind of becomes, like, a B or C plot for the next several chapters, but, like, an earth-shattering theological revelation yeah. <laughs> that you think would, like, <laughs> like <laughs> cause a rift in Midgardian society. But, so, the story everyone is told is that you die if you're worthy if the waters find you worthy or whatever, you go to the Bone Island, Bone Quarter, and you kind of hang out there in all eternity in spirit form. And this is what uh, this is what Bryce gave up to make sure that Danica mm-hmm. would be guaranteed admission. And in some vision that I guess the Underking showed Bryce, it was all like green and pretty. And so like they basically have this idea of heaven, like, okay, their souls are at rest and they're all together and it's like pretty and it's fine. Yeah. And he's like, Well, you saw what you wanted to see. It's pretty drab here. Look yeah. around. It's not it's not green. It's not like that fun. Um, but it also turns out that what really happens is you only get to go to the bone quarter if you have enough magic or whatever, mm-hmm. like enough energy. First light energy in your soul. And you get to hang out on the island only for a few centuries until everyone who's ever known you or cared about you also is dead. At which point you get sort of like kicked through this little death gate and what remains of your essence and your energy gets harvested again and in some way recycled. And so they call that second light, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. like you get your first light when you do the drop, you get second light. Anyway, at one point someone says it like feeds power back into the grid. 
this is obviously a shock to everyone and you know things start happening here and they don't really get to process it but they shortly get to process it but can i just say that like my hot take is i don't really see a problem with it (laughs) hot take express (laughs) it's totally fine first of all they've all lived for centuries it's okay you die yeah but i think it's like I have no sympathy for the immortal. Like non-consensually eat your soul, basically. Uh, I think it's that it's not like it's going back to like power the city, but it's going back to like fuel these like imperial. No, I think it is. I think it's going back to power the city. I think it probably is also going to like feed whatever to power the imperial whatever. But I think it's going back to power the city. And when you think about it. It might actually be a sort of social welfare program because, like, the humans, <laughs> the humans obviously have no magic, right? Mm-hmm. They have no first light of any kind. But presumably they still use electricity and such. And so this is, like, in its own weird way, maybe a kind of inheritance tax on wow. veneer power. And so I think this is actually... But aren't the Asteri also just, like, slurping it up to, like, give themselves more power, too? I think... They slurp probably part of it up. Well, it depends if they tell us that later in the book, maybe. But right now, (laughs) what Bryce is saying is that it feeds power right back to the grid. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all. Okay, noted. I do think, though, you're right, like, earth-shattering theological revelation, because they all, like, have these ideas about their souls still being together after. And then it's like, no, just kidding, they're not. And then they're like, well, what happens once you go back into the void? And they're like, well, now we don't even know. Yeah. And it's I'm like, like welcome okay, to well, fucking... get out. Like, welcome to the fucking yeah, world. Like, like, no like, sympathy. We don't know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I have no sympathy for you. No, I did think that too. The Underking is kind of dishing out all this intel. And it turns out because he really had no intention of letting them get off the island, obviously. They Which sort of Hunt pick up says, on that. Yeah. Isn't he like, that's like the one smart thing you've ever said? Yeah. And I'm like, honestly, sick burn. Yeah, it is like the one smart thing he's ever said. He has a spooky, like, three-headed dog, you know, from Greek mythology and from HP. And I don't know, you know, us, they fight, they win. Shock. (laughs) I'm shocked. (laughs) I think they're like, they're they're like two, they're three, they're three important points, I think. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. One, Hunt and Bryce can do a sort of like video game combo move in which he zaps her sword with his lightning and it makes the sword even more good and glowy yeah they're both like basically conductors is what they figure out right yes well we sort of then the second thing maybe we learn is that hunt question mark is a thunderbird question mark because he can suck the energy out of the death gate Mm -hmm. and use it in the fight oh i miss that is that a thing yeah. Yeah, he's like, if the Thunderbirds can do it, like, maybe I can too, question mark? And it's, like, a risk, because either it'll sap the ener- the his magic, or it'll give right. him, he'll give him extra magic. So, hmm. give him some extra magic. Turns out, good gamble. I guess more TBD there. He funnels it to Bryce. Also, isn't there a note, again, about him happening to look exactly like Thur? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, he looks exactly like the painting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he's sort of very Thur. And then the third is that there's, and I think this like comes up a few times, but there's some ongoing lingering, perhaps insecurity about them being mates. That's sort mm-hmm. of question mark. Okay, I wanted to bring this up because, sorry, I'm so sorry, Throne of Glass spoilers, cut ahead 30 seconds right now if you have not read all of Throne of Glass. And Will, I'm so sorry, you're going to have no idea what this means. But Rachel, I'm like, okay, so they're Karanam, but maybe, maybe. not mates. Like maybe they're the opposite 
You know how everybody thought that Aelin and Rowan were only Karanam, but like actually they were mates and like they couldn't, the smells were kind of different and like whatever people didn't know because, mm-hmm. you know, everything. I wonder if it's going to be the opposite with Hunt and Bryce and it's like they think they're mates because they don't know, but actually they're Karanam. And like maybe they're also mm. chosen mates, fine, but like maybe that's what's happening here? Question mark? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, the thing that, that is said is, She's looking around, like, she doesn't know where he went at a certain point. And then it says, Hunt's lightning had stopped. Where was he? Would a mate know? Would a mate yeah. feel? And then it gets cut off. And it's like, well, would it? Would it? Yeah. Is, is that know. a thing? That's yes, right? I, like, I don't like, know, know if they've read 15 other books about it, but in the 15 other yeah. books I've read, I'm pretty sure a mate would know. So, yeah. So, they're, that's all happening they kind of get out, they, whatever, they make a break for it, and they get out with an assist from Therian, who had come from another Queen scolding, and he's on his little wave skimmer, he's using his water power to, like, shoot all the little, what are the they called? Sobex like, the Sobex that are attacking them. That are yeah. attacking them as they're trying to get out of the waters around the Bone Quarter. I will say there's not much, I think, that happens in the scolding that we, re- it's, like, kind of the same thing that's no, happened same in the thing. past. Yeah, yeah totally. But... He sees lightning. That was cool. Well, he was like, oh, my friends are His in. friends. And the reason he saw lightning is because, I will say, a fucking chic-ass private study <gasps> for Mer- Yes. Queen. It's like Ooh. a biome. It's like a glass-walled biome. Wow. It has a winding stream with, like, pools and all these plants and stuff. And they're, like, because it's glass and the water's around it, otters are, like, twirling outside the windows. Wow. <sighs> It just seems so love lovely. that. It, like, so what lovely. a place to take all of your meetings. Like, if I mm-hmm. could take all of my meetings while floating in a bio, bio, bio what is it? Biodome? And one of the two. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Either way, I pictured it as like a giant, like, pond. Also, the only other thing about Bryce and Hunt that I wanted to mention was that they start to get the idea while they're there after their magic connection conductor thing works. That maybe Apollyon only lured them there to basically prove that this would work or to get them to try mm. this out. And so he did send, like, they're like, okay, maybe he did send the Reapers and it was only to try to, like, get us to the Bone Quarter so that this would happen. But, like, that's maybe a stretch, but also seems like something one of these kind of evil puppeteers would do. Yeah. I mean, I guess good for him if he put that one together. It seems quite tenuous, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever. All-knowing Prince of Hell. But yeah, so now they have like a new trick they can play with, which is fun. We love that. Yeah, it's about, Um, again, about time that they start to figure out their powers. And Bryce can hopefully start doing more than just blinding people. I'm still waiting. You told me there'd be teleporting sex and we haven't come... We're we're gonna get in a few short episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. That's like the only important thing in terms of powers. (laughs) That's sort of what's up with B&H. The boys, like, Rune, uh, they are so bad. They're just so bad at being fucking spies. I know, they're terrible at it. Ethan and Cormac are, like, sketchily hanging out in an alley to kind of provide the secret info to some Ophion contact. Why did Ethan and Rune even have to go? Why Why are they they even in the alley? Why did they even have to go? Why are they not already in a bar around the corner waiting for him? Rune can talk to people with his fucking mind. Why didn't he just talk? Why didn't he just give them the information 
in his mind. Cormac can teleport. Why didn't he just teleport to their, like, super secret base that isn't in the middle of the city? There are many, many questions I think one could have about the strategy. But yeah. I assume they're sort of boys and they they just, they've seen a lot of movies and they wanted to kind of do the thing. Yeah, you know? provide backup. They wanted to do their thing. Yeah. So they're in the alley. They are, in theory, shrouded by shadows. And the reason, in part, they are is because behind the harpy and the hawk have arrived in Crescent City. I had also, it occurred to me that, like, when Hunt was involved with all these people, he's another fucking H. Like, mm-hmm. anyway. Does Mordok have an H, or is he just Mordok? No, he's just Mordok, and thank God, because <laughs> it made it, like, much easier for me to remember him. So the hind has brought her dread wolves, and... Among them is her number two, Mordok, who is, like, the biggest, baddest wolf you've ever seen. Right. And he just happens to stalk by the alley as they sort of finish up the exchange of information. And unfortunately, like, even though they're shadowed, wolves can smell really good. Like, they're really good at smelling. (laughs) They realize he is going to, like, figure out their people here. And while neither... Rune nor Cormac has met him before. Ethan has met him. And, and Ethan remember, has met he doesn't him. just have wolf smell. He's a hell he's a what's it called? He's a bloodhound. Bloodhound. Right. Yeah. And that's what Ethan tells them basically. Yeah. Via Mind Chat. They like Mind Chat TM, it's like a new app. Um they <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ethan's like, okay, so Little intel maybe you should know as this wolf is stalking towards <laughs> us. He's Danica's dad, and he's a bloodhound, so he can smell, like, everything you possibly are. And he knows my scent. He has, like, a whatever whatever uh, photographic, photographic memory, memory is for scent, basically, it seems. Mm. So Cormac kind of teleports Ethan out quickly, but he then has to come back to get Rune in the kind of intermediate time Mordok is saying things like I smell you're here failing and he's like just um, like looking exactly where Rune is even as Mm. Rune is in theory invisible creeping his way out it's so scary because you know how when you're on a zoom meeting and like you mute yourself but you never really know if you're muted so or is that just me Anyway, I feel like if I had invisibility shadow powers, I would still question, like, oh, my God, are these actually working? And I feel like that's Rune when Mordok is staring at him. It's like, oh, my God, is, like, my visibility mute button working or not? Right. And it seems not because he can just smell and see him. Right. Um, And Mordok is sort of like, why are you still here? Like, I don't get it. You guys are really bad at this. And he's right. (laughs) Anyway, he does get out. Like, Cormac comes back and gets him, like, whatever, whatever. But it's a super close call. And this dude, again, now has their sense, and one wonders if they run into him in their sort of public capacities at some point, if he will put two and two together. One feels like they might not do that in his shoes, but that he certainly would. (laughs) Yes, yes. Sweet spy boys. Yeah, he's, you know, he's evil, but he seems sort of like a self-made, like he has real talent, unlike our sweet protagonist. (laughs) Sometimes do. <laughs> Self-made wow. evil. Cormac drops Rune and Ethan at a bar, which is smart. Cormac maybe is actually smart. So that yeah. the surveillance state can record them as being like far away from the alley, I guess, to at least raise some Give them questions. an alibi. Yep. Yeah, yep. in their trial, they'll definitely get. Um, 
it's sweet because Rune realizes they need to make chit-chat, so it's not just, like, weirdly suspicious that they showed up at this bar and drinking alone in silence. And so he offers Ethan a spot in the little fraternity. I know. Aww. He's rushing. And it's like, aww. Yeah. We pop. Yeah, and we pop is like, okay, I'll think about it. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> and it's, like, weird because I guess, like, the Fae and the Wolves don't normally get along, but, like, it's sweet. And they're both like, well, at least the other one's not an angel. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But male bonding kind of gets interrupted when the Hind, who is a hot blonde, and her, I guess not really her sidekick, but like, in some sense, her subordinate, I don't know, the Harpy, who is like, kind of pale-faced angel, black wings, edgy, maybe a pain kink, we learn. (laughs) Is the harpy hot or not? I don't know. I kept picturing her as Alice from Twilight. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it says she has, like, a pixie haircut, but that's what I'm, like, you know, and, like, really pale skin. Yeah. Like, vampiric in a way. Mm -hmm. I bet she's not maybe, like, hot. She's not Lydia hot. sexy. She's no Lydia. She's not Lydia. Lydia's, like, hot, hot hot yeah lydia yeah. looks like don't they say she looks she's like a spitting image she of, looks like a luna of luna. luna she looks like luna or like regal chignon yeah okay what is a chignon which i was gonna ask what is a chignon <laughs> <laughs> it's like um it's an updo yeah it's like a what do you, what is it dina it's like a pretty bun thing i would say it's a really neat pretty bun that like kind of swirls okay mm. i actually think i know what you're talking about i would say only like old ladies in our world would probably have a chignon unless you're like going to like a gala or something mm, yeah which i didn't really like picturing her with that haircut i like picturing her golden hair like flowing but that's a personal preference yeah but she's like she's like a girl boss you know she's like girl bossing that's true yeah of she's course. gotta be ready she's gr- for girl business. boss torture capital b business yeah yeah, and so they sort of stride in, which obviously the boys are like, fuck, like, what is <laughs> yeah. happening? Like, are we immediately just going to, like, do they catch us? Are we this bad at being spies? The answer is yes, they are that bad at being spies. But uh, Lydia, a.k.a. the Hind, says that they are there because she wanted to meet her half-sister's fiancé. Because if you recall, her half-sister mm. is the witch queen. Hypaxia. Hypaxia, who in a really kind of, like, fucked up turn of events, has yet to make an appearance in this book. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, we miss her. Yeah, we I do. don't really understand. She's, like, too competent, I guess. Like, this is just, like, yeah. everyone is so incompetent at this part of this book that she would, like, set things straight too quickly, probably. And it that's wouldn't have point. to be 600 pages or whatever. Yeah. Mm, that's true. Yeah, and it seems like the, like, she came because the Autumn King, per Cormac, revealed their location. So maybe they're not in trouble, but maybe they are. It's, like, very tense. And then she's like, let's play poker, which obviously. Okay, but wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Before you continue, I yeah. do just want to say, and I didn't feel like kind of applying my full sort of mental capacity to sort of coming closer to an answer on this, but, you know, she mentions like, oh, I've already seen your father. And do we oh. recall a couple chapters ago? And I don't know if. Oh, like, I hope not. Was, was she even in town then? She might not. Wait, what are we there. talking about? What are we talking about? When when we were wondering who <gasps> when he had his sex? dad is fucking. No way. No way. I don't way, think no it was way, her. No you think it was I her? Don't know. No. I think I think she could be sleeping with him for information. No. 
There's I don't no think way. I'm just saying. But doesn't she Pollux sleep with the smell uh, it on yeah. there? I don't Pollux think she would, can. Like, Pollux fuck would... up the Autumn King. Hmm, I don't know. I just want to say I thought it was a little weird how we got that little nugget a couple chapters ago, and then we get her in this one being like, "Yeah, I've seen your dad already." Wow. Yeah, but I think she just saw him. I'm. I mean, I love the I'm drama. I'm gonna say. I don't oh, think we can rule it out. We can't rule it out. No, we can't saying. rule it out. You're right. We can't rule it out. But I just like, what if I'm right? What if then you're I'll, right? Then I'll be like the coolest person. <laughs> you would. That's true. Yeah, but Rune would be so devastated. Oh my god. Yeah, but he's he's good. He's already going to be pretty devastated. So I think we just throw just throw that a, in there. Add another one to the ledger. <laughs> the devastation okay. smoothie. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But yes, okay. poker. Poker banter the boys are like really on their back heel the boys are pooping themselves <laughs> they're really, i'm sorry no they are and also <laughs> i love that it's like ethan's just pretending to be a dumb jock and rune was like good yeah, yeah he's doing a good job <laughs> i'm like isn't he just a dumb whatever anyway we learn that the hind is a hot 47 mm-hmm. which notably means she's whatever one half of rune's age or something yeah but she's super impressive because she's girl boss like so far in her career at such a young age and without a lot of sort of objective veneer powers. You at, know? As far right. as we know, I'm kind of like, what kind of secret powers is she harboring that she just randomly became the head of torture at like 23? Right. And she's a deer shifter. I think we do know and we're maybe we maybe get a sense from this scene. Oh, I don't think we know, but we have an indication that she can read minds. Oh. So that probably is her power. I mean, this is how she knows all this shit about Ethan. Right? Oh, fuck. Oh, you I think she's Damati? I think she's Damati. That makes... Yep. You know what, Rachel? That makes perfect sense because, we will discuss this later, at, there was a point where, like, Rune tries to, like, go save her from something in their minds, and she comes upon a wall of black adamant, which is always mm. what, like, Reese and Fair had to build in their minds, and it's something that you do to protect yourself from Daymati, and if you were a Daymati, you would definitely do that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gotta be. She's gotta be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wait, did you come Just up with saying. that on your own, Rach? <laughs> Or did you read it somewhere? Yeah, I totally thought of it myself. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) We'll go with that. No, we'll go with that. But it (laughs) makes sense because nobody knows, like, Cormac doesn't tell anybody that he can winnow. Rune doesn't tell anybody that he can mind speak. Also, the fact that she can mind speak with him pretty easily implies that she would have the same mm-hmm. abilities. And they can, like, mind-occupy the same room. Oh, you know, Rach, I gotta just... say, like, this was bothering me. I was like, what is her secret power? She must have one, and it's, it must be that. I feel so yeah. much no, better. I feel like a never... weight has been lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All because of my you're, idea that I came up with myself. D- yeah, right. your deep investigatory it's, analysis. It has never been seen on TikTok, I'm sure. Yeah, no, never. <laughs> nor nor Reddit. Um. Definitely not. Right, because she says she saw... So she starts taunting Ethan about the fact that he is secretly in love with Bryce. And she says something about reading their messages and just, like, picking up on it, which Ethan, dumb boy, would believe. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And nobody's and me, dumb boy, I minds. believed. I yeah. was like, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just has good. She seems like she's well informed. Maybe she just has good spies about Can this I, random okay, college sunball players' love life. Here's the question, though, because 
It doesn't seem like she knows that Rune is Knight. Or do you think she does? She must. I don't think she does. Yeah, I don't think she does because they have a conversation later where she's like, are you a wolf? Yeah. So she's definitely still trying to figure it out. So I wonder if he can protect his mind and she can't get in there. Maybe. Interesting. I guess that makes sense. Well, he, as we'll find out shortly, reveals enough clues that she should be able to put it together herself (laughs) because he's just like so bad at this spy shit. But yeah, it's like sad because I guess Ethan's whatever, it's like very devastating. He's he like he had... I think the book calls it a traitorous thought in which he one small part of him thought when his brother died. Oh, like now there's no one to pursue Bryce, which like it's very real though. That's very real. And the story of the meeting. I just feel for Ethan. I love him. I know. Yeah. Poor Ethan. Poor, Poor baby. And he pictured, he pictured their kids on, the winter I know. I missed that. <laughs> that's like, that's dope. the sweetest thing of all time. Is it in the scene when they talk about their meeting in the dorm? Yeah. Or later? shortly, shortly thereafter. I feel so bad on requited love with our little pup. Everyone finally kind of reconvenes, and we've had, like, a really busy day, so everyone has a lot to recap mm-hmm. with each other, and everyone gets there, and Hunt is like, sit down, heaven isn't real. <laughs> like, <laughs> like are, you, are, you, are you in a position to, like, hear something that might cause you whatever? <laughs> um. It's like, also, our rebel cover might be totally blown. Also, we might die. Also, when we do die, we're going to be herded into, like, eternal... You know, suffering, whatever, fine, great. Yeah, for the benefit of other people, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So they're sort of hashing things out, and Hunt gets a text that Ephraim, the new mate of Celestina, has arrived, and there's going to be a welcome party. And he has to go to the welcome party, basically. Um, And on his way out, he cups Bryce's jaw to kiss her, which I don't like, but um, he does it. And then... Yeah, tell us, walk me through your emotions there, what... What was giving you the ick? Just like the cupping of the jaw. It seems very possessive. It seems very possessive. You think it's more just like, it's not like a, I don't know. You could use the word caress. Oh, I feel like he was like lifting her chin up because he's tall. I don't like that. Okay, so don't date someone tall, Will. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, I was just saying I didn't like it. Anyway. Rune is like, hmm, you guys smell different, but, like, I can't really put a finger on it. Yeah. And yeah. moves on. So that's the confusing thing, right? Because it's like, okay, so are they mates? I don't know. But also, they haven't even P&V consummated, yeah. which I feel like is usually when the mate smell yeah. happens. Right. When your sense right. kind you... of become one. Yeah. Can you become yeah. when mate smell just from one. oral? Probably not. Yeah, Probably not. It makes you think. It makes you think. Well, I guess you would have... Anyway. I'm just saying, like... Gay couples are mates. So you you would need you know we can't yeah. it can't only be P and V right. Wow. <laughs> Do you have more Rachel hand to job? say? <laughs> what about a hand job? Um, I mean, well, we might never know. We might never know. <laughs> um, we might never we know. We might never know. You can't know everything in this world. There's so many no. mysteries, like what happens after death. Um, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Hunt goes to the party, which we'll get to in a second. First, Bryce, Rune, and Ethan are still catching up. Ethan is rattled, I guess understandably, about the fact that he thought his brother was lingering in wolf heaven mm-hmm. and instead has gone from ghost to whatever post-ghost is. And this is, like, unsettling and he really wants to find out. So, like, I, I, despite my sort of view on, like, this is probably fine as a thing, I understand the shock and the, like, yeah. it takes some time to get used to it. Yeah, they're, like, so distracted by, I guess, this, like, doctrinal revelation that they just open the door when someone knocks. Oh, right. And, oops, it's Sabine who starts oops. choking Bryce and violently throwing her across the room, which I guess is maybe just, like, a tad less psycho now that Bryce has done the drop, but it's, like, still pretty psycho. It's still giving, yeah. like, call HR. Yeah, like, no, I think you know. a neck toss <laughs> yeah. against the wall is for sure one way to greet someone. Yeah. And, like, she's just, she's mad because, I just don't get it. She's mad because Bryce is sheltering Ethan, but she kicked Ethan out of the pack, so it's, like, It's also, like, is she just so consumed by these quotidian concerns? She's, like, oh, my God, they must be planning a coup against me. Thank you. I said it, and I was so unsure if it would be the right word. But that makes sense, right? Wow. Sounds good to me. Okay, great. Like, she's so worried that somebody's going to be trying to, like, overtake her rule. Or somebody else is going to be trying to become an alpha. And by somebody else, I mean Ethan. And, like, Bryce is helping him. But I don't yeah. know. Does she just, like, have anxiety that she needs to medicate? Is she just making up these <laughs> problems in her I mean, head I guess at night? I do think people who are, like, kind of in power in some sense through their ability to, um, like, do violence probably are constantly looking over their shoulder. And I think yeah. don't we, get, we get something here about how Ethan might be, like, the An only alpha. person who could, yeah. at some point in his life, challenge her mm-hmm. for primehood. Yeah. It looks like they might do a little wolf duel, like a little, um, what was it? Like Hamilton v. Burr, but wolves. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> But, like, at the just moment, fighting. yeah, just fighting. But yeah. it seems like that would go poorly because, like, he's still be pup and she has many, many, presumably yeah. centuries or whatever of fighting experience. Anyway, pause. Split, like, whatever. Cutscene to the party mm. where Hunt and the kind of, like, chill Triarii are hyping Celestina up, which is honestly, like, kind of cute because yeah, every girl boss is. needs her little, like, coterie, her, like, little. Girl squad. Oh, yeah, for her yeah. arranged marriage meeting. She's yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, you look beautiful. Yeah, he's like, if you need an escape, tug on your earlobe. He's being a good boy. Yeah. And she appreciates it. She's like, you're a good man. You're a good man. I know, and then he like, yeah, he yeah, he does. It. So Ephraim shows up with his chariot, and it's immediately awkward. And let me tell you, again, we've already sort of revealed the spoiler that maybe Celestina is not in it for the male of it all Mm-mm. but the like awkwardness very much took me back to college before i came out and i was like oh. allegedly dating women <laughs> oh, <laughs> i was like no. oh like every part of the social interaction is just like so weird he leans in for like a kiss oh i hate it and this. she just like accidentally offers her cheek but like not on purpose Uh-oh. accidentally and it causes a scene and she realizes she like jerks back and she's like flushed or whatever and like thank god isaiah is there to smooth things over and this is when Pollux and the Hind are reunited. 
right? Yeah. He's like looking at and her he's like, like hubba, hubba. Yeah. And then she's like staring at him and there Naomi's like Literally, I'm vomiting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Naomi. Yeah. As the party continues, Isaiah and Hunt get some nice time together. Isaiah, like, they're chatting. They're chitting, chatting. And Isaiah looks down at Hunt's phone, where Hunt has received a text from, Bryce sucks my D like a champ. Which I guess is true. Um, Lol. Lol. Just, like, classic Bryce shit. And Isaiah's like, I'm happy for you. Like, I'm happy for your orgasms. I'm happy for you. It's, like, so exciting. Hunt has, like, this weird aside where he says he sees the name that she changed, you know, her contact to. And it's like, I'd punish her thoroughly for that one after he finally got to fuck her. And I'm like, what? It was like, what are you talking about? Like, you are not. He's not a kinky boy. We kind of no, just figured this out. He's like, what do you mean trying, you're going to punish you know? her? But he's, like, trying in his own mind. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> He's just really horny. He's up. hyping himself up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he is, but I just don't understand. So the text is obviously that Sabine is here. And Isaiah's like, go, I'll cover for you. But, like, it doesn't really succeed because as he sheepishly slinks off to, you know, jump out the window and fly, Celestina sees him and she just has, like, she's, like, hurt and she's disappointed. Yeah. And she's, like, mad because she's boss. Which I guess, fair enough. Yeah. But also, like, what was he really going to do? Like, they're just, like, having, like... Hors d'oeuvres and, like, glasses of rosé. Like, did he really need to be there? Nobody said he would. Yeah. But also, to my previous thing of, like, she's actually just kind of, like, a shady boss of a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he When she calls him into her office oh, yeah. later to, like, tell him off. And she's like, mm, remember when I said you could live anywhere you want? JK. Well, actually, right. you can't. Right. Like, mm, like you're all i really respect you blah blah and now she's like you're grounded like you disappointed me at my little like rose mating ceremony where i was sad and so i just like wanted my people around me and so because of that now you have to live in the barracks for two weeks like come on yeah yeah yeah. on the other hand he continues to fucking voluntarily do this job so Uh, correct Right. right like what on him at some level uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and in, in his head, he's literally like, yeah, I don't know what else I would do. I could quit, but what else would I do? Again, start, become a personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah, it's he can make an so much money being a personal trainer. Yeah. yeah. And like, aren't they rich? I just feel like they, I don't know, they seem rich. Whatever. Yeah. So he leaves. Everyone shows up to stop Sabine, including Baxian, mm. who kind of does his tag along. And I guess this is where Ethan reveals... To throw Sabian kind of off kilter to everyone, including Bryce, who didn't know, obviously, like, the same old shit, that Mordok is Danica's father. We get the, Bryce is like, yada yada, yawn, why didn't you tell me? That, that one really sucks, though. Like, I gotta say. They all really suck, but it's like. They all really suck, but. But Bryce has a really shitty father that was a secret that nobody knew about that she only told Danica about. Danica had a really shitty father that she didn't tell anybody about, and she still didn't tell Bryce about it. So, like, I get that that one. And it doesn't, I don't know, you know, I guess, like, all the repercussions of everything else, blah, blah, blah. But it's like... Yeah. yeah, and, like, why couldn't she tell her again? It doesn't... Right, really, like, like, why not? And she just... No, but that's my thing. I feel like you just you just need to come to terms with some at some point that this is not the friend you thought you had. Sorry. Yeah. It's not the friend you thought you had. No, totally. 
Also, a side note, did you see that clearly Baxian and Sabine knew each other? Yes, yes, right. Bax, Baxian oh, is there, yeah. and he definitely knows Sabine, and he reveals that... So, I guess Mordok had come to visit Danica when she was 17, mm-hmm. and she wanted nothing to do with him. Baxian reveals that Mordok came back to Sandriel's castle and oh. ate two... He was so mad he ate two humans. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> but yeah, basically the, the crew finally starts to warm to him, and they decide he's not a spy. It's not really clear that he's done anything to earn their trust, but they're kind of a trusting group. Well, so. I don't, yeah, I think Hunt still doesn't trust him, but Bryce says something to him, like, oh, you're going to, like, fit in great around here or whatever. I yeah. Feel like she kind of throws him the bone. Yeah. And Hunt's, like, not quite there yet, but everybody else is like, okay, one more for the rebel crew. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And then Ethan decides to take up the boys, the Fae boys, on their offer. On their offer to live with him. And Bryce is like, sorry for sexiling you. And like, you can't say that to someone who's in love with you. I so know. He gets so Poor sad. pup is just like not making eye contact. And he's like, yeah, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Okay. Now we get to, I assume, what is Rach and maybe Dina's favorite part of this episode, which is the cozy mind bridge, which uh, is starting ooh. to get furnished. It's starting to get furnished. Yay! Yay! Rune falls asleep when he gets home, and he, like, accidentally astral projects or whatever they do into the mind bridge with Agent Day. Ugh. Mm. He conjures himself a kind of, like, leather armchair, like, probably, like, the one his dad has in his study, but that's fine. Yeah. And Day gets herself, like, a red velvet fainting couch. Ugh, which just killed me as soon as... A la Lele. Yeah. Okay, yes. Maybe I'm a bad person, but I thought there was some retconning about how close he and Lahaba were. He's, like, mm. he's like, I had, like, a really good friend, and, like, I would have, like, given my life to her. I'm like, I think you met her twice, Max. No, (laughs) I do think they spent a good amount of time doing all that research in the library, but I do think you're right that I'm like, would you have? Yeah. Would you have given your life for Lily? Wow. But I think it's classic male shit where he's like, I should have been there to protect my friends. But instead I was in the conference room. Right. He had important duties in the conference room. (laughs) Sort of being being silent. Um, He continues, as I think I previewed earlier, to be the worst spy of all time. Mm -hmm. Reveals he's in Lunathian. That Mordok, the Harpy, the Hind, et al. are here. But she, for once, is also in a sharing mood and says she's never had a friend. I know. Wow. And hasn't been able to talk normally to people in years. Oh. I lulled because they, like, sort of talk about his daddy issues. And then she guesses he's in, like, a Nepo baby, which is obvious. Yeah. But he's a bit hurt that she didn't think he was (laughs) (laughs) self-made. He's like, wait, like, I could be self-made. She's like, no, you don't. Like, I can tell. I don't know. It's just like, they're kind of all over the place. They're both tired and just saying random shit. So she's, she goes, why don't you do more for the rebellion than just pass messages? He responds, I'm shit at deception, which in his defense is true. true. Self-awareness. Self-aware gig. And then she goes, I've only ever had wine. (laughs) I was like, okay. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> she's I've never, never had, beer. had beer. But then so she says, "Well, I had it once." So I guess you've had beer once. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. They're in their pods. They're getting to yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. They're, really, this, they're is, in their love, love is, is blind. blind. Okay, that was sweet. Ethan wakes up and is like, "Wow, this house is cool." Mind you, remember this is like the shittiest house yeah. of all time, and it's really. But he's gross. a frat boy at heart, and he's in he's his such a frat boy in the frat home that he deserves. 
he decides to go find Therian and he grabs an iced coffee on the way. I'm just saying, is that gay baiting? <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that it was, was it iced? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on like what time of year it is. I, was, I haven't been, really been tracking what season it That's is. That's true. But. That's true. Also, they didn't say what kind of milk was in it. Yeah. Like, I do think if they had clarified either season or non-dairy milk, then I would say no one. No one's getting dairy. No one's getting even straight men aren't getting dairy milk these days, right? Excuse no me. Way. I I love you love a dairy, dairy milk milk. Of course I do. But you it's delicious. <sighs> okay. I gotta straight say pride. I don't. I straight think straight pride. men also. I don't know. Who knows? So he grabs a nice coffee. Ethan does on his way to the water. He wants to talk to Therian, but he also needs to brood. This is where he broods about Bryce. I think mm. we sort of covered all that. Therian shows up, but refuses to take Ethan to the bone quarter to look for his brother, which is what Ethan wants to do. Oh, yeah. Instead, he has another idea, which we will get to next episode. Woohoo! Suspense. And let me guess, this idea is going to be a very good, smart idea that doesn't only yeah. lead to more trouble and more questions and well, Like all boy answer. ideas, this is a good boy idea. <laughs> There's one last little thing we need to do, which is like Bryce is back on her fucking bullshit. We're in dance class. We're in Madame Kira's dance class. Madame Kira, kind of like very, very elegant swan shifter, used to be star ballerina. Of course. Yeah. Bryce has come to love it. Juniper is also there. She's obviously flawless in her dancing. (laughs) There's a fun moment where Bryce is like, there's a break. And Bryce is like, "Mm, do I tell Juniper about the lack of heaven? No, that seems like a lot. Maybe I'll cover that another time. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> and then Juniper gets an alert that the ballet company has promoted someone much worse and much newer to the company to the position of principal, which is what she has been aspiring to. And she is crushed naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's because she's being punished for whatever, saving everyone's lives or something like saving the peasants' lives during Armageddon last book. Right. And June is so, she's so dignified and noble. And she says, they're not worth my anger. I need to talk myself down. And she sort of leaves. Bryce is irate. Madame tries to educate Bryce that this is the fucking rough and tumble world of performance. Yeah, it's (laughs) just like, these people are all terrible. Bryce calls the director of the orchestra by leveraging her title as Princess of the Fae. And I think, as one might expect, that will start some shit. Mm. Anyways, I think that's all we have for today. Yes, and you know what? I just want to say, there's this feature on Spotify where you can usually, you know, leave comments on the episode or whatever. And we really enjoy whatever anybody pipes up. <laughs> um, respectfully. And, but we, we can't respond. I don't, I don't know why. But, so we're always like, oh, cool, hi. But we can't say anything mm. back to you. But anyways, thank you for saying hi and sharing your thoughts there. Sweet Angel Des said, are you all on Patreon? You're becoming my favorite book podcast. How can I support? Thank you so much. It's super sweet. We don't have a Patreon. Hopefully in the future we might roll one out. For now, just keep telling people on Reddit, please. Somebody <laughs> somebody heard my call recently. I did I did catch that oh post my gosh, on Reddit. We so. loved that post. But yeah, just keep getting yeah. friends, friends of friends. Follow us on TikTok so we could hit a thousand and then do fun lives and stuff. Ooh, yes. We're going to do lives once we hit a thousand followers on TikTok. So get in there. 
Cool. And uh, until next time when we gallivant around uh, Lenathian with you all again soon. Yes. Fare thee well. Fare thee well. Bye. Bye. Bye.